From Upstate Medical University in Syracuse, New York, I'm Amber Smith. This is HealthLink on Air. With me in the studio today to talk about teamwork and resilience are Syracuse University head football coach Dino Babers and Upstate University Hospital CEO Dr. Robert Corona. Thank you both for being here. Thank you. Thank you. So social scientists study team building and teamwork, but a lot of what each of you do day in and day out is building a team of people who can work together, Coach Babers with uh, athletes and coaches, and Dr. Crona with doctors, nurses, other members of the healthcare team. So I'd like to explore the similarities and differences with each of your approaches, because I think listeners can kind of learn from both of you. So coach, each season, you're faced with a partially new group of players coming in. How do you get everyone to work on the same page? You know, the first thing is we have a very, very simple rules. And uh, I, won't, I won't bore you with them, but we basically have three family rules. And if you can handle those three family rules, then you have a chance. You have a chance to be able to, to be embraced within the family and to be able to function with the family. And we talk about how important our surname is uh, so important that the surname that your father gave you that you make sure that you don't disrespect that surname or you make that surname better than what better than the way he gave it to you the better than the way you found it and then with that surname we talk about our family and our football team which is Syracuse University and you need to also when you put on that jersey you need to understand that that's also part of your surname and that you want it to be better than than the way we gave it to you. And you want to do a better job than the person in front of you. So we're always striving to be the best that we can be and to never settle. And then Dr. Corona, it's almost like you've got a bunch of teams that are part of a bigger team. Um, what's your strategy to get everyone thinking the same? I'd like to say that I'm as good as the coach. Um, my dad, I, I mentioned earlier today that my dad was a coach and I, I watched a similar thing. So I, I feel like running a hospital is a lot like being a coach. Um, it's it's a wonderful position. It's a humbling position. But one of the things we do is we talk about what's your pulse when you come into work. And we use the acronym pulse to uh, have the individuals understand what our valued behaviors are. And our valued behaviors encompass people for the P. Sure. Uh, Coach was telling me about trust. We use you for understanding as well. And we communicate with the intent to understand one another. And then L, I first said that that was for leadership because everybody's a leader at every level. But more recently, I've I've, uh, positioned it as loyalty, loyalty to the institution. And then S, um, I started out with safety, but everybody pretty much assumes that the hospital's a safe place. So I've changed that now to talk about sustainability, that we have a responsibility to be sustainable for our environment um, so that the next generation inherits a better world than we have now. And the last thing is E is for excellence or exceptionalism, that when somebody comes to our institution, they expect the best care in the world, and we should strive for that constantly. Outstanding. Do you think that building and maintaining a team requires establishing a relationship of trust? How important is that? You know, I think that's that's the key that you have to if the people don't trust you, they won't they won't work and they won't they won't relax enough for the for their true inner self to come out. So I think there's no doubt that trust is important. The word that we like to use in in our family is faith, belief without evidence that if you just give us if you have a little faith 
in what we're trying to present to you in our family or in our company, if, if you move it to a, a business aspect, that it's going to all work out. And what we need you to do right now is is to to listen, fall in line and have some faith that it's going to be the way that we envision it if you just work with us on it. And everyone on, that's on the team sort of has to believe in that. They have to, to believe it. in it, yes. And you, and you Dr. Corona, agree? Yeah, the, you know, we, we are a system, a team, and if we don't have trust uh, amongst everybody, uh, then we break down. Because if the surgeon doesn't trust the uh, surgical tech or the nurse doesn't trust the surgeon or the surgeon doesn't trust the lab or they don't trust the radiologist reading the images, the whole system falls apart. So we have to have trust. And it's earned. You have to earn people's trust. But... Um, you have to have it or the, the system fails. Now, what happens to individual identity on a team? Is there room for personalities? Is there room for differences of opinion on a team that functions well? What we say is when we're in a room as a team, we can disagree with one another. We can have different personalities. And once again, I, I'm a, you know, a, a wannabe coach. But I say, look, we can have dissenting opinions. When we walk out of this room game face on and we're all together and you can't break us down game face that probably resonates with you it does i, I wanted you to answer that one first because <laughs> i wanted to rotate but the thing i love about it is you have in our business we have our last names on the back but we have this the school's name on the front and we want i've got 105 stepsons with different in, with different personalities and that's what i love about the job. I've got four daughters and neither, none of them are the same. They're <laughs> all different. Even though they ate the same Cheerios, the same Corn Flakes, the same uh, uh, <laughs> any cereal that you choose, Frosted Flakes, they're, <laughs> they're totally different. And that's the exciting part about it is, is having all those different personalities. That doesn't make us weaker. That makes us stronger. And just like uh, uh, Dr. Corona said, our, our big thing is we like to say that let's agree to disagree and we want to have interaction and we want to have input and it's important to listen to the input and not hear the input. And now after everybody's gotten that off their chest, wh whoever wants to speak, feel free that now when we walk outside the door, we're a team and there's no I in it. I know there's an M and an E, but there's no I and we're all on the same page. We need to be moving in the same direction. So Dr. Corona is a neuropathologist, and I wanted to ask if there's something inside our brains that sets us up to either be or not be team players. Is, is there any like pathology that like sends someone off from birth into one direction or the other? So we've achieved as a species because of our ability to act as a team. Um, we're not the fastest animals. We're not necessarily... Well, I guess maybe we may argue that we're the smartest, but some people may debate that. Um, but we do work best as a team. And um, we, we have a, a wiring in our brain and we have neurotransmitters in our brain that want us to operate as a team. And uh, there's a reward system that's set up when uh, we operate as a team. Some people may even call them our tribal mentality, but that gives us a distinct advantage that we can cooperate with one another to achieve pretty remarkable things. So we're sort of wired to be team we, players. We are wired. We have a, 
uh, Coach talked about um, grit and perseverance. Um, there's a real neurotransmitter in our brain that uh, comes out when we practice this perseverance. It's called dopamine. Um, people may have heard of it from Parkinson's uh, uh, disease. People that are deficient in dopamine, it's interesting, there was a study where they were motivated uh, Parkinson's patients, and all of a sudden they get a, a burst of dopamine in their Parkinsonism improves. So um, there's some sophisticated wiring to have us be team players and cooperate and care for one another. Well, what's your philosophy about managing conflict within a team? Do you, is a team a democratic institution or do you see it as authoritarian? It's a democratic society until it's time not to be a democratic society. And uh, again, it's really important to treat it like a family. When you're at the dinner, the family dinner table, everyone's allowed to speak, but if mom and dad's talking, you need to listen. And if dad's talking, then mom needs to respect dad and dad needs to respect mom, even though the children can say basically what they want to say as long as it's not out of line. When it comes into our football family, we're very interactive. The young men are allowed to say whatever they like to say. But with my military background and me being a military kid, the thing that I, I always caution them is I said, say what you mean and mean what you say because I'm listening to you. And you just can't say something and, and then two days later wonder, well, what happened? Well, you remember when you said, well, I didn't mean, well, I was listening to you and I took it as gospel. And I, and I tell them constantly that words trigger pictures words trigger pictures so me say what you mean mean what you say and then pick your words wisely and it's the last part of that is timing does matter there's some times that are better to say something than other times and you need to get a feel for that if you're going to be someone that can provide for your family and be able to survive uh, in the world outside of our family so we do let them know that timing's important, and if they can put those three things together, uh, not only will they be effective inside of our family, but they'll be an effective in life as well. You're listening to Upstate's HealthLink on air. I'm your host, Amber Smith, and I'm talking with Syracuse University head football coach Dino Babers and Upstate University Hospital CEO, Dr. Robert Corona. We've been talking about team building and the similarities between sports teams and healthcare teams, and now I want to shift to talk a little bit about resilience. Um, in terms of being able to bounce back from adversity, I want to ask each of you how you go about instilling this trait in the people that you work with. And Coach, you work with young adults who are still somewhat impressionable. And so do you see your task sort of as confidence building or, or something more in terms of building resilience? First of all, I think some of them have it in them, some more than others. And what I've got to do is I've got to find a way to weigh it. I have to find a way to measure it. Because I need, I need to make sure that everybody's cup is pretty close to full. Because if they don't have it, it's going to be hard for them to stay with the rest of the group. I almost look at it like a wolf pack. And, we're, and you're a wolf pack. You're only as good as the wolf next to you. But you've got to be able to travel great distances for us to be able to do the things that we need to do to feed each other. And we, we're constantly building these guys up with strength and nutrition and all these other things. But to get back to the question, they have to have that it, that 
that sometimes it's hard medically to to figure out what it is or so as some people would say they have to have heart they have to have that that non-quit attitude in them or when they get on something they just won't quit and i really believe a lot of that has to do with as crazy as it sounds winning and losing some people accept losing as a game of chance and it happens and then other people lose and they just can't yes they lost and they and they walked out but it hurts so bad that they never want that feeling again and i've been fortunate to win quite a bit in the business that i'm in and i do remember some of the wins but i can guarantee you i re- i remember almost all of the losses and i think to be a not a bad loser but a a sore i won't forget loser i think really helps you in being a consistent winner and the last thing i'll say is and our it's really big in our family that you need to we talk about being consistently good not occasionally great someone that we can wind our clock by day in and day out you're going to be there for us and i think that ties in with that wolf pack mentality and then Dr. Corona, in, in this medical setting, um, you've got high levels of expertise and the potential or guaranteed high stress situation. How do you choose people who are going to be able to thrive in that sort of setting? I define uh, resilience as the, the ability to, to bounce back because we're inevitably going to fail. We're in an imperfect science and medicine, and it's very important that you know uh, a neurosurgeon or a heart surgeon that tried their best to save a life you know sometimes nature wins and uh, you can't defy nature it's it's time and if if our surgeons or our uh, internal medicine or pediatricians have uh, what they would perceive as a failure um, if they go into a depression and they can't take care of patients moving forward uh, they're not serving the the public like they should. So it's very important to have that ability to bounce back because we will fail and uh, we try not to. We try our best. And I think most patients understand that. Well, let me ask you another brain question. Is resiliency all emotional or is there physical aspects of it too? Or, or is it both? There's a principle of the brain called neuroplasticity. And the brain can actually model itself to be resilient. So if you uh, do things that support that uh, transition of the brain to be tougher, um, it actually changes both physically and neurochemically. And I think that's probably what happens to your football team as they evolve through the season. They're starting to build that grit and that stick to itness, and um, and that's how the uh, how the brain will continue to operate. And you have to keep nourishing that because if you don't. You start to lose those neurotransmitters, and then the brain will regress back, and um, that often leads to sometimes depression hmm. um, because you're not, you know, you talk about how physical activity improves your mental health. It's because you're creating these neural connections in these neurotransmitters, the dopamine I was talking about. That comes from hard physical activity, and that supports the mental health that has to come from building a team. And coach, you've got all kinds of physical activity with your guys, right? Yes, ma'am. So. 
I've got I've got a great a great excuse to give them more now based <laughs> off of the doctor. <laughs> Just don't, said. when you're making them sprint, don't tell them I said so. <laughs> you know, it's 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 amazing what the body can do, and I think the the key the key is, and I'm I'm talking about my young men on the football team right now, is that you you never want to um, neglect. Uh, what they're capable of doing, but you, you, you don't want to harm them, but you've got to show them that they can do more. And it makes me think about, there was a commercial on TV and it used to, and I can't remember, this guy was in a weight room and he was lifting a weight and he was saying more, more. And I think it was an insurance <laughs> commercial. Yeah, it was a Geico. It was a Geico commercial. And then you see his arm getting bigger and bigger and like more and more. And now I'm thinking about the dope thing and I'm going, yeah, you know, we've got to find a way to get some more of that stuff. But I, I think it really comes down to competition and, and letting people succeed and fail, succeed and fail and pushing them to a new limit, but never pushing so far to where they can injure themselves. And you really, it really takes a master craftsman to be sitting back and watch and to make sure that you're moving your people in the right direction, but you're never giving them uh, a hurdle that's too big that they can, that they cannot bound. It has to be achievable or it doesn't have the right effect. Well, this has been a very interesting conversation, and I want to thank you both for being here. SU head football coach Dino Babers and Upstate University Hospital CEO Dr. Robert Corona. This has been Amber Smith for Upstate's HealthLink on Air.